welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast, a place of healing and transformation in your relationship with your body, food, and fitness. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury. I'm an intuitive healer and coach and founder of our Confident Feminine Body Program, where I help women build their self-worth from the inside out, free their voice, and love the sexy skin they're in without diets, deprivation, and self-sacrifice. Think of this podcast as your empowering and fun self-love guide, where you'll get real-time advice and tangible tools as we navigate this body and food freedom journey together. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Conversations and Podcast. I am Elizabeth Marbury, and I'm so excited to be here with you talking about all things spiritual today. And we have a really special guest expert. So today with us is Jennifer Lomberg. She is a spiritual life coach, energy healer, speaker, and author of Embodied Grace. And she struggled with pain and debilitating anxiety that came from a life of negative thinking and self-doubt. And now Jennifer is a leader in the self-discovery movement. She is passionate about sharing her story of transformation and how anyone, regardless of their circumstances and challenges, can begin today to create the life they have always dreamed. So welcome, Jennifer, to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to get into this conversation with you today. (laughs) I am so excited to geek out about all things spiritual with you. So it's going to be an awesome conversation. So before we dive in, because I do have so many questions for you, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to be this spiritual embodied leader? Yeah. So I am just a small town girl from like a tiny little town in Colorado, um, grew up in, in church. I'm a Christian first and foremost. <laughs> and then, but I had this gift that we had no reference for. So the, like the pain and the, the anxiety part that I had was re- literally from holding myself in and not allowing myself to truly be who God called me to be because of the fear. Right. So with my own process and my own, like finally getting to accepting the gifts that I had and understanding that they were actually a gift and not a curse, because for the longest time, that's what I thought was that it was a curse. Then, um, once I finally embraced it and said, okay, God, you know what, show me what to do. Like, obviously you're not getting rid of this. Cause I had prayed and prayed for it to go away and it never went away. And so I finally was like, okay, fine. Show me what to do with this. Um, and then it was like my whole world shifted, like everything changed. And I began to understand, um, well, I, actually part of what got me there was the negative thinking. Like I had actually, um, I had done a Bible study and there was one chapter in one of the weeks that was talking about generational sin, which, um, not to get all churchy. It's just sin literally means missing the mark. So like, it's like you're off track. So where are you off track and what's going on in your life? And what I looked at was generationally, we get passed down habits and programs and patterns and, you know, things like that. Well, there was a a little bit of negativity all the way back from, you know, goodness only knows how far back. And so it was just little things that don't seem like they're negative, but if you really dive into it, it's, it's negative thinking and lack. 
And when you have that lack vibration, then that's what you always see. So then you're in this whole dynamic of there's never enough. It's never good enough. It's barely enough to scrape by yada, yada, yada. You could go on and almost everybody I talk to has something like that, that they can relate to. And when I finally started to understand the spiritual laws and, you know, and law of attraction is just one part. I just want to throw that out there. Cause a lot of people are like, you know, a law of attraction doesn't work. Well, that's because you need all of the other spiritual laws to go with that, <laughs> to be able to make it to work. But once you start understanding that, and once you start embracing the truth of who you are, no matter what that is, then you can bloom into everything you were created to be. And it becomes this amazing life. Like I, the life I live now, I probably never would have even dreamed of back then. Wow. So, yeah. That's so when you say that you were kind of resisting like your gifts and you were kind of like stuffing them down, what, what exactly do you mean? Like what gifts were present for you that you were like, Oh my gosh, that that's wrong. I can't, that's weird. So I've, I've been psychics my entire, like, I really don't remember ever not being, I don't remember ever not seeing um, energy. I I've seen spirits. I've seen, you know, I've seen everything. Like I see angels. I see um, all both good and dark. <laughs> I see it all. I see people, um, their vibration. I don't really see the color of the auras as much as the vibration of their aura. Um, I see the energy in plants. Um, I see the energy in nature. I see the energy in the air. Like it's, it's really just a weird thing that, um, I've always seen it. Right. The spirit part was the part that freaked me out because I remember when I was about 14 going to a specific, um, it was around Halloween. So it was like a Halloween party, but it was done at a church. And it was so that we weren't going to, you know, go in and have the Halloween stuff. We were going to go to the church for this youth group thing. And it was fun. But I remember there was one of the preachers there was talking about how witches and psychics and mediums are bad. And, And that was the first, I think, I think that was the first little nugget that told me I shouldn't be who I was. Like my family had kind of we knew that we, that there was a gift there, but it was one of those things you just talk about in the safety of your own home, you know, around the kitchen table, <laughs> like that's the only place you talk about it. Um, but then like the older I got that, I think around that age, th- four, 13, 14 was probably the first time that I realized that maybe I shouldn't actually, like, I shouldn't be pursuing this gift. So then I kind of went into this I have to be really careful what I say. I have to be, because I would blurt stuff out. Like I didn't know that that was not something that you should do. And so that was probably my first experience and, and what an age, right. To get that. Cause that's when you're going through as a, as a female, that's like, you know, the worst time to be crushed. I can't even imagine. It's like, you're, that is like the most self-conscious age. And mm. then you're like the, the thing at that age is you're like, I don't want to stand out. I don't right. want to you're trying to fit in and be cool. And and here you are having a totally different experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering too, if that, did that feel really isolating to you? Like, did you feel like you couldn't share that with your friends or like a dirty secret? (laughs) I mean, I know that sounds terrible, but that really is what it felt like. Like thinking back now and the age I am now, I'm like, it felt like I had a, a secret that we didn't want anybody to know about. Like you didn't want anybody to know about the dirt. Right. So, so that's what it felt like for a long time for me. And then I, I tried to resist it so much, like so much, like I would hear spirit talk to me and I would say, no, no, no. And I would pray, pray, pray. And, and there's so many experiences I have. It just never went away. But the reason it never went away is because it's real. 
it is a part of our reality. It's a part of what's there. It's just that not everybody is completely open to it the way that I just, I was born open to all of it. Um, there are angels. Everybody has guardian angels. Everybody has spirit guides. Everybody can tap into their own intuition, their own guidance, um, whatever, whatever way they want to do that. Um, regardless, to be totally honest, regardless of race, religion, uh, sex, whatever, like there's, it doesn't matter if you're pink, purple, blue, like <laughs> you have spirit guides that are here to help you through this, this human experience that we're in. And so, um, shutting it down was really hard because it's like constantly fighting against something, right. Which is where the anxiety came in because I could hear stuff, but I was trying to pretend like I wasn't. Um, and then it just, it just created this whole mess because I wasn't accepting who I really was. And I think so many people can relate to that is when we are resisting who we are, it doesn't feel good and everything feels harder. And it, you know, it's kind it is sad that there's spaces too, where, I mean, I'm really curious in terms of you being a Christian and being in the church, because I definitely, I was raised Episcopalian. Um, I love, I actually loved, love, love my church, but I haven't, I didn't have a typical like Christian upbringing. Like it was, my church was just so incredibly accepting of all Mm -hmm. people. I had a gay Sunday school teacher. I had one of our, um, priest was a lesbian. I had, um, just like, it was just this environment of, of acceptance of love of just showing up and being who you are. And so, and I know that not every, you know, sect of Christianity is super judgmental. I I think there's extreme extremists in every religion. How has the church accepted you or do you feel like you how how did you kind of make peace with that part of it because when you were talking and you were saying I felt like it was a sin for me to feel this way how like how do you equate those two how do you connect those two? well so here's what's really interesting is I come from a small town little country church right like they we accept everybody I, I never even to this day when I go home to my church I don't feel like those people have known me since I was little. (laughs) So I don't feel judged at all by them. And there have been certain preachers that have been a little bit like, you know, not sure what you're doing, but I'm going to leave it alone because I'm not your preacher. Um, But the funny thing is um, growing up, I never had experienced that. And that was a, that was somebody else's church. I went to a thing at one of the girls that I was in high school with, I would, or junior high, I guess at that time. Um, So it wasn't my church that did that. Right. Um, the other thing is, had I probably been brought up in a different kind of church, they talk about spiritual gifts all the time. I remember going to a church with a different friend and they, they were, I don't even remember what the church was, but they, they spoke in tongues and everything else. And I'm like, had I been grown up in that church, they probably, it, it would probably be a whole different thing for me, but I didn't know that prophetic gifts were a thing because I never learned that in my church. Now with the experience that I have now, I'm like, it's so, it's so the same. It's the prophetic gifts or clairvoyance or whatever. And I know people sometimes get frustrated with me when I say that, but they are the same thing. It's just a different terminology because if you don't grow up with, like, I didn't grow up with the word prophetic gift to me, it's psychic, but it's the same thing. It, you know, the big, the biggest thing is, are you trying to work with love and light or not? right? Because that's really kind of the only difference. And, and I feel like if the truth is love, then you're on the right track. 
And if you're doing things in lo- with love as, as your guide, then you're, you're on the right track. So, wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I think you make a great point that every church is so different. Like mm-hmm. for example, the church I grew up in, the church you grew up in and everyone has had a different experience with that. So it's funny. I, when we talked a few weeks ago, I think I shared with you that I, I personally feel like I'm coming out of the spiritual closet myself because I, in working with my coaching clients. So I, you know, I have a background as a dancer. I'm a certified yoga teacher. So I've studied meditation. I've studied breath work and I do like some past life healing, some hypnotherapy techniques that I've learned. I've picked up And I have been so blown away by when I'm really leaning into what I now call my intuitive gifts Mm -hmm. that it's, as you're talking, I, I relate because I remember being a little girl and having like really clear visions, um, in my mind, not that I would see like out in the world, but just like pictures that would come to me that would then come true or, just like really strong nudges or, or like a sense of, um, just like otherworldly energies. I I mean, it's, it's still hard for me to even articulate, but I'll never forget. I had a coaching client and we were doing a, a meditation and, um, a past life healing. Well, it wasn't past life. It was in this life, but I, I had, I get, I see pictures, you know, I have my eyes closed and I, I just trust him like this open channel and I see, I just see things and I, and sometimes it's pictures, sometimes I'll hear a word and I'll never forget this. It was so powerful. I said, I see you wearing a coat and she was experiencing a really hard moment at that point in the meditation. And she said, oh my gosh, my grandmother that was with me in that moment told me, I want you to pretend like you're wearing a coat to repel shit away from you. Yeah. She was trying to protect her in that moment. And I, so those things keep happening, which further reinforces because I'm with you. It's like when you really start to lean into your intuition and, and your, and, and your spiritual gifts. I feel like you, it's, it's like the can pops off and it's like the butterflies are flying out and you start to feel and see and experience even more. And that's, that's honestly where I'm at. And it's, it, to be totally frank, it's been hard for me to even articulate. I wasn't really in circles where that was a thing or where it seemed like that's really woo woo or that's really crazy. I would love to hear like how you're relating to, to my story. And then also how do you put into language like you're, you're coming out of your spiritual closet? Like, how do you articulate that? Cause I feel <laughs> that's, that's your book. What's coming that's your out book. Okay. So I need to go closet. read okay, Yeah. Great. It says secret experiences of closet psychic. So that, I mean, I totally understand how you're, how you're like, the, the part that you're at is the part that I love with my clients. And here's the thing. We all have these intuitive gifts. We all have this extra sensory knowing that whether, whether it's that you hear, whether you see pictures, whether you get that gut feeling, like there's so many different ways that people can experience their own intuition. And the thing is we all have it. And right now there's, there's an awakening happening across the planet, regardless of where you're at. And people are waking up 
on different levels and nobody's doing it. It's, it's part of the process. It's part of the, the, the energy that we're in. It's part of the way the astrology is affecting us, but it's like going to the next evolution of understanding as humans, that there's so much more than just our five senses. There's so much more than that. Right. So, and, and really getting to the, the, back to the core of that, we really are divine beings. Like God made every single one of us with the special magic that is just who you are. Right. And so when we can really learn to tap into that, that's when, and, and whether that's by accident or not, like right now, there's a lot of people opening to their gifts and there. I get, I actually get messages like that a lot. Like this just happened and I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, what do I do with this? And so the, I think the big thing is to, first of all, understand that we all have it. So there's really nothing wrong or nothing um, bad about it. It's just learning how to deal with it, right? And how do you actually work with this energy? Meditation, of course, is great, right? Like it's one of the things that's going to help us calm down and help us awaken to whatever it is. But I think you'd be surprised how many people are probably experiencing exactly what you're talking about. Wow. I love that. I love that. And I think what I love about the spiritual word too, is that it, it actually, it doesn't associate with any one particular religion. So depending on, it doesn't matter if you have a religion or you don't have a religion. I, I also feel like the spiritual feeling is is this connectedness to source universe energy um knowing that there's there's energy outside of you there's energy within you there's energy all around you and i do feel like it is it is a very powerful i guess energy to tap into and i agree with you i think it's great that maybe someone listening today is going to hear this and say, wow, maybe this, this is a thing. Maybe I can trust myself. Maybe I can lean into this more and not, not judge myself. And I think even the bigger conversation too, is just the more that you cannot resist who you are. And the way that comes up in my work too, is just helping women to get back in alignment with their truth. Right. So that's Jennifer, that's exactly what you shared is that for so long, you were like swimming upstream, like fighting your truth because you were worried about, you know, fitting in, or am I going to be accepted or am I going to be judged? Or are people going to think I'm crazy? And when you can finally get into the flow of your life, it can feel scary at first too, because we spend so much of our energy resisting what is, or trying to fit ourselves into these boxes that are not in alignment with who we are. And, and when I say this, I feel like it's like, I'm talking like really high level, but an example for me, just on like a super low, like tangible level is, is I like to give tangible examples so people can lock into it is I had my coaching, one of my coaching calls for my clients I had in the evenings on Thursday night. And I, I, you know, showed up powerfully for those calls, but I started to get a nudge in my heart that this time doesn't feel right for me. Like it's when my kids are home from school, I feel like they really, really need me in that moment, dinner time. And I want to show up powerfully for my clients. I want to show up powerfully for my children, for my family. And I, so I, even though I had committed to that time with my clients, I reached back out to them 
and said, Hey, I, I need to shift this. I need to change that. And I change it to Fridays during the day. And I feel like it, the dam was released and I can like flow better through my weeks. And I just use that as an example, because even in that little tiny example of just needing to shift something in my schedule, there was that part of me that was like, well, are people going to be upset about this? Like they signed up for this and I'm changing it and I need to commit to what I've, what I've said yes to. And so I like to share that example because to me, when you're, when you're building a life that feels in alignment for you, it can be in those like tiny things Mm -hmm. during your week. And then it can also evolve into, you know, the bigger, bigger picture as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, the first book I wrote was called embodied grace, a woman's path to empowerment. And that's one of the things that you learn to do. And what I, what I like to teach is like, it doesn't even matter if it's a to-do list, like don't say, okay, well, I've got to get this, this, and this done in this order. Look at your to-do list, take a minute, breathe into it and say, okay, what makes sense to do first and trust the intuition that you're getting and do your to-do list that way you'll get a million times more done. Like that's one of the first things I try to teach my clients. Cause I'm like, just doing that, it'll, you'll be amazed at how much easier things will flow when you're trusting that guidance. Um, so I'm the same way. I'm like, we have to be in this physical human experience. So, so how do we bring this spiritual part? And then what my guides have really been talking about a lot for like the last year and a half is getting our heart in our head and congruency. Um, and so they were showing me like, um, about a year ago, they started talking, well, probably two years ago, they've been talking about really learning to be heart led. Like, what does your heart say and stop overriding it with what you think, right? Because we're taught in society, you have to do this, this, and this, you need to go to school, then you need to go to college, then you need to get the degree, then you need to whatever and make your steps. What if that doesn't work for you? What if that's not how you want to do life, right? What if something doesn't pan out? Like, if we can really look at that and start allowing ourselves to trust within ourselves, what makes sense? Does it make sense for me to do that? Or does it not? You know what I mean? Even the time of day that you wake up, like we've got to stop saying that you have to get up at, um, you know, 5am to make your day productive. I'm like, that will never work for me. I can tell you right now that will never work for me. I am not a 5am kind of girl. So some of the clients I've worked with just giving him permission to say, just don't get up till seven. Like really what, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh. I am dying laughing over here because I've been listening. You know, I'm, I'm always a personal development junkie and everyone is obsessed with talking about their morning routine and like mothers, you know, entrepreneurs who also have children are always like, get up an hour before your kids. You have that alone time. And you, and like, I was just telling my husband last night, I'm like, I really want to be that person that gets up an hour before my kids, but I have never, ever been a morning person. Like as a small child, my mother had to like pull me out of bed. Like, I think she probably spent 30 minutes just trying to wake me up as a kid and I'm just not a morning person. And it's so funny because I just keep thinking, oh, if I could just get up an hour earlier, that seems to be the way to win your day. And I totally agree with you though. It's like, I think sometimes these, these little messages, these seeds get planted in our heads and it's like, we're always striving toward these perfection. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's somebody else's definition of perfection even. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's funny when we have these conversations too, because it seems so simple, right? It just seems so simple. Like 
look at your to-do list. What, what is the nudge or what is the, what is actually important to you? What is a value for you? You know, get, but it's not because I think, I think we are so bombarded with messages and do this and do that and do that and come over here and do this. And it's actually really great this week. We, I, we dropped two episodes about boundaries and setting boundaries because I think it is, it's hard. It's, it's hard to create that space for yourself. And I really agree with you. I think it comes back to tapping into your intuition and tapping into what feels good to you might not feel good to me. And that's okay. That is totally okay. We don't have to love the same things or have the same morning routines. There's no one right way of doing things, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if someone is watching this and they're like, okay, I think I might have spiritual gifts or they're curious about how to embrace their spiritual gifts, what are some three keys that you can share with them to embrace their spiritual gifts? So I'm going to give three that sound simple, but they're, they're actually kind of hard. (laughs) So the first one is acceptance. Like you just have to accept it because I think so many times, like I was, I was trying to choke it down or, Oh my God, I'm crazy. I'm hearing things or I don't, that didn't really happen. Right. Like I'll get people all the time that'll, they'll, they'll talk themselves out of whatever spiritual experience they just had. Right. Um, so whether it's seeing a twinkle in your eye or looking at the clock and seeing the like one, 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 or, you know, two twenty two or four forty four, you know, whatever the numbers are that you see or seeing those numbers repeatedly or hearing a song on the radio that makes you think of something. And then you're like, oh no, that's not really a message. That's just coincidence or whatever. Right. If you're being aware of that and if you, what, what if it is a message? Like, <laughs> But if you could just accept that, you know what, you're loved beyond measure and there's going to be little clues for you that will help you if you just accept it. So, so I think accepting what is being like shown up for you and then also accepting within yourself, like a lot of the people that I know, they really struggle because they don't, they're like, no, I just don't believe that I can like, how could I do that? Why would that happen? Well, I don't know, but it does. Right. So just acceptance on all levels um, accepting the little, little thing, the little twinkle in the corner of your eye and accepting that, you know, maybe there is an angel looking out for your best interest, right? Like acceptance of whatever's showing up for you. The next thing is trust. Like, because the same thing you may feel like, oh, I should do this. Right. And everything is around you saying you should do this, but in your gut, you're like, it doesn't feel good. Right. So you've got to trust that little nudging that little gut feeling, you've got to trust it and, and start building the trust with the little things. Like I said, with the to-do list, that's the best place to start because if you can start trusting in little things like that, you know, which sheets should I buy? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, should I buy this one or should I buy this one? If you look at it and it sounds silly, but trust your gut, you know, over, over the price tag, like trust your gut. Like if one sheet, if one sets 29.99, the other one's 49.99, but you really feel like maybe I'll be happier with the 49 or maybe I'll be happier with the 29, like let go of the price of it and just trust because what's going to happen is if you buy the wrong one, you're either going to not like it. And then you just wasted the 50 bucks. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So practice the trust in the little things and it'll make it so much easier. And then the third thing, if you really want to lock this in 
and work with your guidance and work with your gifts is meditation because you have to get quiet enough and still enough to allow your, your physical body to relax as well as the mental chatter, the emotions that are going on. You know, I, I say you have to look at everything in five different pillars. It's, it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and then galactic energy. So like full moons are crazy. You're going to be a little bit more off kilter during big planetary events. It's just, that's just what it is. Right. So then it's like, look at all the physical stuff. If you're exhausted, how are you going to be moving through your day? Well, if you're emotionally drained, that's not the best time to do any kind of big decisions. Right. (laughs) And then the same thing with your mental chatter, like you've got to get to a place of being able to just calm down. Like, (laughs) My guides were just saying this with my Divine Alchemy Academy. I just posted in there this morning and said, hey, everybody, just a reminder, like, slow down. It's going to be okay. And I hear that song sometimes. Um, I, I'm trying to think who it is. It says, slow down, you move too fast. I want to, it might be Simon and Garfunkel. I don't remember. I don't remember who sings it, but it's slow down, you move too fast. And I think all of us as a whole, especially in the U.S., we're like, go, 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 go all the time. Oh my goodness. We, I always say that we wear our exhaustion and our busyness as a badge of honor. And we're just like, you know, we, we get together with friends and we're just like, Oh, I'm just so busy and exhausted. And like, I get that. Cause I, I feel like I'm busy mm-hmm. too, but I'm also what I'm trying to celebrating what is going well, what is working and, and also just to your point, slowing down. It's funny that you've been getting that message because I've been getting that message too of I, I meditate. I kind of feel into like, okay, what is, what is, what am I being called to do or how am I being called to show up or how do I want to be? And the message that keeps coming through is rest, relax, do less, which I am, I am unlearning that overworking <laughs> habit, right? It's Which I so, think, yes. Oh my God. That was probably one of the hardest lessons I ever had to learn. And like that, then you start feeling, cause we've been taught climb the ladder, do the work, go hard, work hard, play hard. You know what I mean? Like do it, do it, do it. And so that that's one of the spiritual things that is the most powerful thing to learn is just slow down. Like it sounds so simple, but it makes everything else go so much smoother that you don't end up wasting your time chasing the energy. You know what I mean? Like, cause sometimes we go so fast and we mess something up, you've got to redo it. And it just causes even more hassle, but we're so used to having to hurry and get things done. Right. Because that's how we value ourselves is by what we get done. That's and unfortunately we got to unlearn that as well. <laughs> like, that has nothing to do with your value. <laughs> I love that too, because there's this meditation that I listen to a lot about abundance and I can't remember the teacher's name, unfortunately, but she always says in order to receive, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything to receive. And I feel like that is such a powerful download because when we think about anything like receiving love, receiving clients receiving positive feedback from our family members or whatever it is, we, our brains kind of go to, okay, what do I have to do to earn that? Right. How do I have to earn my stripes in this situation? So I can be worthy of receiving the love, the money, the relationships, all of those things. And so I think it is, 
And that is not what our society teaches us. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, or it, they teach us, what do you have to do to, yeah. What stripes do you need? Get the gold star. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing to deserve what you, yeah. Yeah. And, And, and the thing is, God says, we're already, we already deserve it all just by being who we are. Right. So that is by far one of the hardest things I think Um, and one of the biggest lessons that I really work with my clients on as well, I'm sure you do too, is self-acceptance and self-love, you know, because, and, and it's so important to learn that because until you can truly understand how to love yourself that way, it, you'll never love somebody else unconditionally until you know what it means to love yourself unconditionally. So when you start doing that for yourself, it, it opens you up to loving everybody else just as they are, you know, just as they are, they don't have to do anything different. I love that so much because I also feel like as women, what we are conditioned to believe is that we have to self-sacrifice that, that in order to be a good mom, you have to always put your kids first and your husband first and your house first. And like, so we're like, you know, 50th on the list mm-hmm. we're, you know, bleeding out exhaustion and burnout and resentment. And, and we're like, well, I can't, I feel guilty when I take care of myself. And I, it's like, that is a paradigm that I am so committed to shifting. And I know you are too, because you cannot serve other people at your highest level. If you are not like in deep communion with yourself mm-hmm. And I want to be an example to other women that it's okay to like, actually, I think the most important relationship is connecting in with yourself, with spirit, with source, with universe, however you want to label it. Right. And, and being like steeped in your power and in your, why you're here on this planet, because then you're going to be able to serve other people and it's going to be so much more powerful. (laughs) Right. It's going to be sustainable. It's going to be fun. You're actually going to be able to serve more people at a much deeper level than if you're just like, Oh gosh, I got to Okay. They just asked me to volunteer for the PTO again. I don't want to, but my God, you know, I got to do it. And it's like, I no, that girl, <laughs> I was that, Oh, Jennifer will do it. She'll th- Jen, we need you to do this. Okay. <laughs> you know, because you feel guilty if you say no, but I can tell you that no is a complete sentence. You don't have to explain why you can't do it or why you don't feel like it's not going to work for you. Like, and, and that's one of the best boundaries. I know you said you just spoke on boundaries for like a couple episodes. That is a good boundary. Like know your limits and there's nothing wrong with that. And we all have different things going on and we all have different, you know, whatever. So it's okay sometimes to say no. Oh my gosh. I'll I'll give you something really powerful here that this, and I, I wish I could remember who, who I heard this from. But I remember um, one time somebody had told me every time you say yes, when you know in your heart and your gut and your instinct that you should say no, like if you really want to say no, but you're saying yes, you're actually, this is another spiritual boundary thing. You're actually stepping into somebody else's lesson. That's why you're feeling that disconnect because you're saying yes, because you feel like you should, but then you're, you're you're enabling or take, you know, taking somebody else's lesson by not having that. Like if you say no, that allows that other person to step into it. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. I've never heard that before. Right? Isn't that amazing? That is so interesting because Mm -hmm. a lot of times we say yes, because we are so afraid to offend the other person or inconvenience the other person or 
But to your point, it's like, well, think about that. Think about how the dominoes fall. Mm -hmm. If you say yes out and it's not in alignment with you, right. You're, you're taking away that opportunity for that person to grow or, or make their next or step. Even, yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. What? Well, and, and here's the thing too. So what we're doing when we're doing that, when we learn our own, our own boundaries, it's allowing other people to also do our own boundaries and it's creating less resistance for us because whenever we're doing something in that you don't want to do, think about how you feel when you're getting, like, if you just said yes to the PTO and you're like, geez, oh, criminy, why did I say yes? I'm exhausted. I don't have the energy for this. Yada, 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 negative, negative, negative. And then you're doing it with negative energy because you just want to get the shit done. (laughs) Right. And get it over with. Whereas if you're like, you know, I really can't, but I'll be happy to, to do it next Tuesday or whatever the next, because I know that I have time then, and then you can go in and you can have fun doing it. So it sounds silly, but do what feels good. And when it feels good, then that's when you, and if it feels yucky, don't do it. it that's a hard lesson. Cause we've all been taught to kind of be doormats. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And this, I love talking about this in relationship to fitness because what do, what do people do when they go into their fitness routine? They're like, I got like, Oh, I need to, you know, tighten it up. I need to get smaller. So I have to do these things. I have Mm -hmm. to do cardio five days a week. I've got to get, you know, and it, there's this, and, and to me, the mindset going into it is so important. And it's the reason why most people are like, I feel like I'm horrible at working out or being consistent it's because you're kind of muscling your way through, you're forcing your way through. What if instead you were like, you know what? I am, am making a choice for my inner authority. I want to move my body and I'm only going to move my body in a way that feels good to my body. That brings me pleasure. Like I love listening to really upbeat music. So what can I do where I can listen to that music or, you know, um, or the other thing I love to do with my, my fitness routine is really every day I ask myself, like, what do I need today? Like, am I tired? And I'm wanting to like invigorate myself. Like, do I want to walk faster to like upbeat music? Am I feeling really tired? And I actually want to slow down because my nervous system needs to be dialed down today. And I feel like with the fitness world, it's that whole one size fits all approach of like, well, this is the way to get you know, toned abs and this is the way. And then we wonder why none of us can have a consistent fitness routine. And I feel like, I feel like this idea of asking yourself what feels good just goes into every different aspect of your life. Everything, everything. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Especially like, um, like what you're talking about with the workouts, like if whatever you're going into, really, if you can just switch the mindset around it and if you hate it, don't do it. Like if you hate that, like if you hate getting on a treadmill or an elliptical, then go for a walk around the block or go walk around a lake somewhere or go on a hike, like figure out a way that is healthy for you. That isn't, it doesn't have to be, I used to work out with the kids. I would like, we, they thought they were playing, but I was like, I would do a like, or I would do a squat holding them down. And then I would like lift up and raise them above my head. And I'm like, I'm working out today. Right. Oh like God, you can I get love creative that. with any way that you can to, to move your body. And then also, again, it comes back to honoring your body. 
Because if you feel crappy and you go make yourself push through a workout, that's not good for your physical body either. I know. Oh my goodness. Yes. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, we're so aligned. This is why I was so excited about this conversation too, is like our bodies have wisdom. Our bodies have what all the answers that we're seeking. And I think when you said in terms of embracing your spiritual gifts, your third, your third key that you shared with us is meditation. It is slowing down because when we slow down and we breathe into our body and we move our awareness from our brain into our body and we, we clear out the throat chakra and we're connecting the, the head to the heart. And there's like an open flow state there that you can really like feel and experience all of those different layers and levels and, and you can listen to your body's wisdom and you're going to get the downloads. I mean, I think, and I also want to just say too that, cause I've had a lot of women who say to me, Elizabeth, I'm just too, I can't meditate. Like my brain is just too busy. It's too scattered. I'm too all over the place. And so Jennifer, what would you say to someone like that? So I always, I always laugh and say, you think you can't meditate. (laughs) It's not that you can't, it's just that you think you can't because we think of meditation in a certain way. So whenever they're saying I can't meditate, then say, well, what does that mean? What does meditation mean? Right? Because honestly, if you've ever spaced out when you're driving, or if you've ever spaced out while you're doing the dishes, you are in a meditation state. That's a meditative state. It's just being able to focus on one thing for, for that few minutes. Right? So if you feel like you can't meditate, then go for a walk around the block and just, just focus on your foot touching the ground and focus on that. If you're, if you're doing dishes, focus on the hot water, focus on the bubbles, focus on the smell of the soap, like focus on what you're actually doing, right? Because there's different kinds of meditation. There's active meditation, which would be like running and listening to music or listening to, you know, binarial beats or whatever it is that you want to do. So those kind of things are active meditation. Um, and then there's, you could sit and just be quiet and be still, and that's a different kind of meditation. So everybody can meditate. It just depends on you and how it is. You can breathe. If you just focus on, okay, I'm, and and think to yourself, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing. And when you think that, and that's all you're focused on. And here's the thing. If a thought comes in, there's different ways that you can do this. You can either like focus and imagine that you're by a stream and every thought that comes in your head, just place it on a, on a leaf. Like imagine a big, huge maple leaf that'll hold it, place it there and let it float down the river. Right. Or if you're going into meditation, um, imagine that you're going to walk into a space. And so you open the door and there's a little box that's going to hold everything that you need so that it'll, it'll, all of those thoughts will be there. You can meditate for five minutes. And when you get back out of the meditation, you can pick everything back out of the box that you need. Right. So there's all of these different things. It's just about how you're thinking about it and what you think meditation is. I love that. The, the idea of like putting your thoughts in a box. I do that actually at night. If I'm having trouble falling asleep, I, I actually imagine like a file folder and I see my thought and I say, it's okay. Cause I have that, you know, entrepreneurial brain, like busy brain, like we all do. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I'll get an idea or I'll say, Oh, that's right. I need to reach out to that person. Or I forgot to text that person back or call that person back or whatever. And I just imagine it. I like see it. And then I see it like go into the folder and I'm just like, I can do this tomorrow. I'll remember it all tomorrow. It's tucked away. And that really truly helps me to fall asleep. So I love that technique. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. If you have that trouble, I do a sticky note (laughs) because I'm always afraid I won't remember the next day. So if, if, if somebody that's listening, if you have that and the putting it in your mind in the file cabinet, it's okay to use a sticky note by yourself or by your bed for the same purpose. That's true. I've done that yeah. too, where I like the sticky note idea. Cause there's been times where I'm like, Oh no, I really have to write this down or I'll forget. And I usually pull out my phone and then it's like blinding light. And I'm like, no. So I like the sticky note idea. I'm going to do that. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jennifer Lonberg. Be sure to check out the show notes where we will link to her website and all of her resources for you. Sending you love and light today and always namaste. I'm Elizabeth Marbury, and I want to thank you for listening and hanging out with me today. Join our free community of brave soul sisters who are crushing it on their journey to body love and food freedom by going to confidentfemininebodygroup.com. That's confidentfemininebodygroup.com. And be sure to download my free gift while you're there. I'd also love to hang out with you on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Elizabeth Marbury. I am sending you so much love today and always. See you next time.